Hello and welcome to Mozart of Hoops, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of basketball, how we learn to appreciate its beauty, and understand the ebbs and flows of the game. My name is Ian Quinn. I am the host of this podcast, and uh, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Chris and Owen. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm not bad. Uh, just busy with uh, back to school and football and fighting my seasonal allergies. Yeah, that's, yep, sounds sounds about the time. You know, football's uh, first NFL Sunday of the day today. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, Euro baskets on. Um, so it's been it's been fun. Uh, Owen, how about you? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, still watching some basketball. Just watched The Shining again. Uh, yeah, you know, just hanging out, watching basketball card auctions, seeing things sell for record sales. That's pretty cool. Except for some Justin Herbert card, a dumbass Justin Herbert card sold for one point eight million dollars. I don't even know who that guy is. He doesn't play basketball. He does not. No, he's but he's a, he's he's good at his profession. Probably qualifies as a, a passing big in his job. Anyway. <laughs> he he's he's he passes the ball and he certainly is big. So yeah, he probably would. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the basketball Hall of Fame uh, induction was last night and uh, Manu Ginobili, uh, probably the greatest six man of all time. Uh, Tim Hardaway Sr. with a Jamal who's got Crawford, a sir. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Um, George Carl, uh, longtime head coach. Dal Harris, longtime head coach. Uh, Larry Costello, also a player and a coach. Uh, he's from my hometown of Syracuse. So shout out to Larry Costello. And uh, also Lou Hudson is finally in the Hall of Fame. And I say finally because I think it's been a long time coming. Um, so congrats to those guys um i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it if you well, do, did you uh, did there. you mention swin cash swin cash yes she also made it uh lindsey whalen uh, also made it um so a, a few uh WNBA players which is good um you know i love to see them represented uh bob huggins also made it the longtime college basketball coach um there's there's a few more some names there's a basketball player who was uh Actually born in Sambor, Serbia, who was just uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so from he's from Nikola Jokic's hometown. Man, Jokic is just on fire, right? Damn. Yeah, I know. Now he's in the already Hall of Fame Hall already. Of Crazy. Yep. Um, <laughs> Congrats so, to those guys. Yeah. And uh, speak, speaking of Jokic, of course, I, I mentioned Eurobasket's on right now. He's actually playing right now. Um, I saw that uh, Finland uh, won earlier today. Lori Markkinen had forty points, I believe. Forty, maybe forty-three. I can't can't remember exact the exact total, but I think it was forty-three. He he went off. He had a great game. Well, I imagine he gets newest, a lot of the shots for Finland. Uh, based on what I've watched, uh, I'd say so. Yeah, he's he's their guy. Um, Is Lowry Markkinen oh, going to average that for Utah? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> based on their team right now, probably not because they have Colin Sexton. He'll he'll probably average that. But yeah, that that trade went down as well. Um, Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They should be a very fun team to watch. Um, Colin Sexton, Lori Markkinen um, are now on the Utah Jazz. Um, so very, very interesting stuff R- going on. Are you saying the Utah Jazz should be a really fun team to watch now? No, Cleveland. 
definitely Cleveland. Sure. <laughs> not, 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 not the Utah <laughs> Malik, the uh, Talon Horton Tucker. Oh, we, we forgot the, the big Talon Horton Tucker, Patrick Beverly blockbuster that sent uh, Beverly to the Lakers to pair up with his best friend, Russell Westbrook. So it will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I don't really have much faith in the Lakers whatsoever. So we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Um, are we ready to dive back into our passing bigs? Well, we before we started this podcast, I, I got to, as the young kids say, air you. Uh, your mantra was saying LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. So I think you have a lot of faith in the Lakers. Did I say that? What's the proof? Do you have, did, did you do record me? Do you have proof of me saying that? But LeBron's never... also been playing for a great many years now. So even if you did say that, um, like most of his career is, is behind him. So it wouldn't be particularly egregious. Is that what you would have said if I said that about Michael Jordan in 2003? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm course. throwing you a bone here, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's dive back into our passing bigs. Um, I know we took a break, talked about Bill Russell for a little bit after his untimely death that I don't think any of us really expected. Um, why don't we start? I know, Chris, you wanted you wanted to talk about Carl Malone a bit more, and I I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say about his passing. Yeah, I mean, we brought him up uh, the last time we talked, I think, but it just so happened to be, I think, like one of the next games I watched um, after we did that was like <laughs> within the first few minutes of the game, Carl Malone like made uh, almost an impossible uh, bounce pass into the post from the top of the key. Um, I don't know how he quite achieved the angle he did on it, and like the placement and touch had to be perfect, and led to an easy layup and then it wasn't long after that he was you know posted up and then just zipped a no look pass over the defender's ear uh to the to a cutter right under the basket again and it was i i just was super impressed by those plays like i we kind of i feel like just paid him a little bit of lip service but um you know, then you kind of go back and watch some of these guys actually play, and it's like, okay, that that's they're far more skilled than that I think you, we remember at times, and um, you know, especially Carl Malone's not like known for his passing or anything like that. Like I remember, you know, '97, '98, uh, those older versions of Carl Malone, like you know, working double teams really expertly, and you know, being being really patient and. Um, you know, just making like, you know, smart sound plays, but he, he could make some highlights too. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I, um, I noticed. Um, I feel like we kind of lumped him into that group of people that like became great passers are good passers at least. Um, which, I mean, he wasn't a great passer to begin with, but he felt, it felt like once he got to 98, which is what a lot of people think is his most complete season, probably. It just felt like he was making some super advanced reads that not a lot of all those other people like a uh, Hakeem Olajuwon or any of those other guys that we mentioned um, were really making. Um, and I just think like 
it probably gets a little brushed over when we talk about what Carl Malone's impact was on the court. What do you think, yeah. Owen? Uh, really, I, I just have a question. Um, do you think he, Carl Malone, was the best passer on the Jazz? No. No, I don't. Nor, nor do I. Yeah, I, I, I think Stockton has been getting... I don't know. It it feels like people like think Stockton isn't Stockton probably got overrated by the masses and then people are overcompensating with that type of rhetoric. Um I think Stockton's the far better passer. I, um, I do. I, I don't think that's with relation to passing bigs, uh do you think Carl Mullen's passing is better or more impactful than like Chris Webber's? Oh, I don't. I don't. I think more. No. I, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna say more. I think like well because Carl Malone was smarter with his passing. I think you know Chris Webber is taking a lot more risks and stuff like that. Carl Malone I think played within you know that system a lot better, and you know just generally made better decisions. But I think like you know the. the the convert, I think the way we brought it up last time was, you know, with those post-centric scorers and kind of lumped him into that category, like Ian was saying. But, like, the biggest difference to me with him is that he does a lot more facing the basket, you know, pretty much from anywhere on the court. A lot more. He, I think he's way more of an effective passer facing the basket than a lot of those other big guys we've talked about so far. Uh, mostly stationary, I would say, but, you know, he's he's making some really, really nice passes, um, you know, both from the post, but, you know, definitely facing up and, and just, you know, picking people, uh, cutting or, you know, if somebody wants to bring the double, he's definitely, he's going to hit the open guy. Yeah. And I think he's, the reason why I say Weber is because of the risk taking. Um, I think Weber has a more high, uh, high risk, high reward in terms of his passing words. I think Malone is, he's a smarter passer, um, but he's, probably more conservative with it um he's still looking to score whereas i i mean weber's also looking to score like that but weber just feels to me like and especially in that king system it was pretty much that was their calling card was passing and obviously divach was great um the whole team could pass basically but i think that weber's is more impactful because the reward might be higher I don't know. That's just kind of how I okay. I see it. What but do you, but what, it sounds what you... like what what both of you were saying is that maybe Malone was able to mesh his passing more with his scoring as opposed to Weber, who kind of used passing a lot more, maybe find some scoring opportunities for himself. Whereas Malone, it was you know if he's not going to score, he knows how to pass out of it. Yeah, and that's that's mm-hmm. yeah that's the big thing. Um, I actually am probably leaning more towards that. Malone's the better playmaker to me. Malone's probably the better playmaker in that sense because while Weber, if we're just looking at raw passing, Weber's trying the more crazy stuff. He's he's doing the behind the back passes. He's doing these crazy shovel passes. You know these just great passes in general. Um, I'd actually argue the opposite. I I think Weber is maybe the better playmaker, at least starting from scratch, whereas Malone is more reactionary in a sense. 
I agree with that. Well, I, I think so, I think Carl Malone knows what he wants to do. His his bread and butter was like so effective that he knew what he wanted to do, and it was really hard to bait him into a bad shot. So like, he, I think he's you know he knows exactly when. Okay, it's not time to score anymore. And usually th that point meant okay somebody's open for a pass. So I think he just like I think his mind you know ran the algorithm a lot better. I think that Malone is actually the far better playmaker than Weber is. I think it's it's because I he, uh, no one just mentioned it. You know, he couldn't balance his scoring and his passing like that and I that's a huge part of playmaking to me is having that balance. Um so to me that's more Malone's domain. Um I just think he's probably the better playmaker in that sense. Um he's a, he's just very he's very smart out on the court and um you know just he he knew what he knows when it's time to drive on somebody that he knows he can beat but if like let's say david robinson's on him he knows like okay i can take the short jumper or i can find the pass to the cutter um i just feel like he balances it so much better than uh weber does i get what owen's saying though because i think weber's instinct was you know to kind of look for that I don't know, more creation kind of thing where Malone was going to get to his spot and then, okay, he's going to receive the ball. And usually he's, you know, a lot of times he's in position for a quick shot or, you know, or, uh, you know, over the shoulder post move or something like that. So um, I think Weber's process was just different and he was going to try and create something out of nothing a lot more, probably too often that's probably the bad rap on him yeah i think yeah, that's he, the thing. i think he yeah. yeah i think he wanted to be able to i don't know i think i think every play almost looked to him the way malone perceived things and and had things set up i think weber kind of wanted to have that dominant you know mid-range game that would then you know open everything else up for him and i don't think he was quite at malone's level there no he was not. dominant mid-range game is the calling card of early 2000s players so i'm not surprised um do you guys think do you consider chris weber to be pass first no no i don't no okay. i think in the I, I think you know in the open court you could say that um but definitely not in the half court no okay yeah i i i agree with that um so you know like we said malone just a very I think he was making more advanced reads uh, than he probably gets credit for. But to answer Owen's question, the original one, I think that Stockton's probably a top 10 passer of all time, whereas Malone might be able to sneak into the top 10 passing bigs, whereas just like for pure passing, just top 10, no matter the position, I have Stockton in the top 10. Yeah, so, I think he's a bit more than probably. He's 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 top 10. Oh, he's yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, I think we he's, may he's go also... too far by not saying he's top five. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and I knew I that's where you'd five. have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't have him there. I don't. I I prefer Jason Kidd's passing, and uh, oh yeah, I do I not. Prefer, yeah, me neither. For LeBron's passing, um, so, but uh, not to go off on a tangent or anything, but I think that Stockton is probably the greatest entry passer of all time, um, and I think that's uber important um 
and I just think it's a lost art um, in today's game. I think I've mentioned it a couple times before, but it just feels like people can't throw entry passes anymore. And Stockton is the very best at that, in my opinion. Um, so moving on, um, why don't we talk a little bit about Kevin Garnett? What do you guys think of Kevin Garnett's passing? Actually, I mean, if you don't mind, um, how about we talk a bit about uh, uh, Shaq? Um, yeah, I know let's we talk touched about on Shaq him in the last episode. Uh, yeah. So, but I feel like we probably need to actually talk a bit more, just like Malone as well. Yes. Um, so Shaq, does uh, Owen, Chris, you want to, any one of you want to take that one? Owen, why don't you take Shaq? Chris took Carl. Shaq was a pretty big dude. He he was. Uh, that's that's um, one way to put it. Like Malone, he'd like to kind of station up in the post, you know, get the ball fed to him and kind of react from there. But unlike Malone, he actually did quite a bit of movement passing um, inside the perimeter. Um, really good at kind of just shuffling his feet back and down, actually trying to create space to make the pass. Um, and obviously with his height and his vision, it, it worked out. He had some crazy tight passes. Um, that he would find the cutters, he would find it, find it. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. The volume of the shots that he's taking and the defense, just how he draws the defense to him, allowed for so many open opportunities. So I can, that's what I want to ask you, In Do you think that just the fact that he was such a great scorer, that that created a whole lot more passing opportunities for him? Or do you think that he just has this innate skill level to make extremely hard passes? So I think he had the innate skill. Um, I think it took a while before it became where he was able to um, uh, make it where it's more accurate most of the time, um, you know, more consistent, um, less turnovers. Um, but I do think, like, I, I've watched some early um, <clears throat> early Shaq when he was with the Magic. He definitely had the, the, the passing skill. It was there. It was definitely there to me. Um, but I do think that, you know, him being doubled like that and him being such a great scorer and on top of it, being able to make those really, you know, tight window passes to like, you know, Kobe on a cut or throwing like a, a, a lob to Kobe on a cut or something like that, um, you know, really made him that much better. Okay. Um, since this other player is very similar in terms of size, but he makes a lot of passes from the perimeter. How do you think his passing looks compared to, like, Sabonis? Uh, is, is their passing either. similar, or how they they look for no, passes? No. No, not not even remotely close okay, to so, me. Okay, so what are the differences? Um, Sabonis isn't getting double-teamed. Sabonis is, like, it's it's hard to say to me. Sabonis feels like somebody who just is like insanely intelligent um in terms of his passing um where he's doing these like crazy one-handed passes out from the perimeter um which is what is actually pretty much the difference is that that's the difference between them is Sabonis seems like he's working more out on the perimeter, where Shaq is in the low post, which is where his domain is. Do you think um, that Shaq could have done it from the perimeter? I mean, it, it obviously isn't very feasible. Oh, considering I'm sure. The I think I, impact he has inside, but would he be doing similar things from out there? 
I think he has the skill to be able to make some tight window passes, but nobody's going to be guarding him out there. No, everybody knows he can't make that shot. Right. So I feel like, yeah, that I feel like he could do that. Um, make those types of passes. Cause I think he is incredibly skilled and I, I, I think his passing is incredibly great and it gets underrated in discussions when talking about him. Um, but I think that uh, nobody's going to guard him out there. So people can just sag off him and help. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think he could do the same level as Sabonis. Sabonis could hit that three. So that's that's the big difference to me. Um, Sabonis is, uh, his, his passing is insane. But Even aside think. from that, I don't know that, that, that Shaq has that touch. Like, obviously, his passing touch is far better than his shooting touch. But that just goes without saying. Like, that's, you know, this is why there are, like, way more guys we can say are like you know good passing bigs probably than like you know good scoring bigs in this way it's like it, it i don't know it's it maybe and maybe i'm overselling this a little bit but it just seems like you know Shaq. i don't know in in about 2000 you know it was really when it seemed to me like he got totally you know, I don't know, he kind of decided not to let the hack-a-shack thing totally defeat them, and that a lot of times, even though you can, you know, you can still get a shot through a double team or you're going to get fouled, like, it's better just to get points sometimes from, you know, from open looks and keep the ball moving and stuff like that. And when he bought into that, it just seemed like everything kind of changed. But most of it was set up by, you have to overcommit next level to try and stop him in the post and that's what everybody's trying to do so like the degree of difficulty to me was so much easier for him than what a lot of these other guys are you know contending with as far as the the type of passes they have to make that said i still agree with you that he's very skilled because like one of my favorite types of passes that Shaq would do is the and i can't remember if we if i mentioned this in the last episode but like he would kind of go into the you know baby hook and then if somebody happened to be cutting underneath the basket Mm -hmm. he could just kind of like hook past like just just shoot one right in there just throwing little darts down there and those those were he was really really good at those in addition to you know you know finding the the open guy for the three sometimes you know on the in the opposite corner or whatever so um but i just don't know that i believe his face-up passing ability that much i think he could have made some of those reads but like then i think we're back to what i imagine that looks more like is him shooting free throws and i just don't know that the accuracy is quite there okay i yeah that's interesting i think that i i don't know if i could view it as that um i think that his his passing touch is just so much better to me in general so i just feel like it's it's just different when you're throwing, you know, a shot at the rim um, compared to if you're, you know, throwing a pass to me. I think there's a clear difference. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm pretty high on his passing. I'm super high on his playmaking in general, but I really like his passing. He does some, I mean, younger Shaq was like taking the ball and dribbling down the court like a, a bulldozer and would throw like you know a behind the back pass into like penny or something like that and it's just like it's oh, yeah, crazy yeah. he definitely had like... that ability he definitely pulled it off but it was not consistent and it did i was gonna say time, it, it was going time, in no. yeah. he, he did not have yep. great passing touch not until like 97 
Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I was just more talking about just just the sheer like watching that, just watching them barrel oh, yeah. down the court. I would just get out of the way. Certainly. Now, if you could combine <laughs> that, you know, uh, that transition running and and dribbling with his passing vision later with the Lakers. Now that would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I I think 2000 Shaq is. I, it, it might be my third greatest peak of all time. Um, that was. It might be the greatest season. season of all time. It's it's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was insane. Um, I I definitely like Shaq's passing though. Um, I think it's, and just Shaq in general. Like, for somebody that big, like seven two, like what three forty five, um, to have that footwork and that just like general touch around the rim and his just his movement and all that it's incredible and it's you know and you know he's he doesn't have the greatest longevity in the world but just for the years where he was i think his longevity is guy very underrated yeah that's probably true because it's like basically he just had eight seasons before his peak or whatever it was so it just felt like he had been around for a long time yeah i mean he was was a great the moment he stepped on the court for sure, but he kind of been branded a loser after the, you know, losing to Hakeem in the finals, I think. And so it just kind of, I don't know, his his career kind of had to, it was kind of partitioned off because it seems to me from having lived through it, it's like, did Shaq ever really go away? No, but the hype definitely died down, you know, uh, in the toward the end of the Magic days and then right after the Laker trade, as I recall it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um I love Shaq. He's he's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, he's he's. <laughs> we talk about gravity all the time. There's there's two people that we mention gravity about: uh, Steph Curry and the other Shaquille O'Neal. And it's just crazy how how the big the difference is in the, both of their games and their their size differential. So, um, yeah, he was he was crazy. Um, do we want to talk about Kevin Garnett for a little bit now? Sure. Why not? That would be fine. So, so what do we, uh, what do we, what do we think about Kevin Garnett? Well, I think he's of all these guys we've talked about, um, at least in this, you know, so far now, he's he's the best playmaker, um, and I don't know if, well, I don't think we talked about maybe chris weber can do a little bit off the dribble but kevin garnett was was really really good passing um off the dribble um like getting into the lane and then dumping off or um drawing a crowd and then and then finding guys at the last minute that's that's where he kind of separates himself to me yeah yeah i i definitely agree what do you what do you think yeah. Owen? no that was, i was just gonna say his ability to survey the court and those long ass arms so i mean he'd be driving from the perimeter and just hook a pass across the court mm-hmm. i mean that that stuff that you weren't seeing except from like connie hawkins out of all the players we yeah got, you know. yeah i was just gonna but i was just gonna mention connie um as the but yeah garnet i mean you know seven yeah. feet and then driving in from the perimeter and then you know cutting a pass to the corner that that's that that was crazy stuff great 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 vision Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's he's probably the um probably the smartest passer uh that we've talked about thus far. I I I want to say that maybe it's Malone, but I think it's Garnett. I think I'll go Garnett with that one. I just think yeah, his his vision and his touch and everything I just think is incredible. Um oh, yeah. you know, even by the time he got to 04, I mean, that 2004 season, I think Owen you mentioned it was just 
surreal yeah, almost no, maybe, maybe the said? most dominant season i've ever watched yes yeah, and it Go ahead. Uh, of these guys, so oh, and you've brought up shovel passes a lot. Oh yeah, and like, I love them. Is 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 Garnett maybe the best shovel passer that we've talked about, or one of them at least? He's uh, he seems so good at those at the shovel does, pass um, and the wrap around and and uh, I don't know, delivering the ball low uh, to guys in the lane. Yeah, honestly, I I would say it's between KG or a, a guy that we may be talking about relatively soon. Relatively soon. Hmm. I wonder who that might be. Um. Yeah, I think Garnett. Um. Yeah, Garnett. Garnett's just crazy in general. <laughs> it's hard to say what. I I don't really have much else to say because it's just. Like, I mean, like like I think uh, touched uh, the comparison I I was trying to make between like Malone and Weber. Garnett is basically like a combination of both of them in terms of what he's doing, what he's looking for, how he's reacting. But do you think he's? I, I I do think that KG is a little has more pass first in him than either of those guys do. Probably he's definitely not more score first. He's he's more of a. It feels like it's more balanced to me. I I don't want to say that he's not score first, but I also don't want to say that he's not pass first. In you know Minnesota, I mean? right. um, especially his MVP season. I mean, basically that like almost three or four year run, he was more score first with a whole lot of passing mm-hmm. brought in. But um, I mean, before he hit his peak, and then in in Boston, he was definitely much more pass first, trying to create for others. In either way, he was always. It was almost kind of like a, a mini LeBron, just kind of almost running the offense in Minnesota, um, but was still. Yeah. I mean, he was the number one option basically by default. So he was looking to score what, first. What, in terms of supporting casts, like I don't want to go too far off, but in terms of supporting casts in two thousand and four. How bad do you think it is compared to like some of the other great seasons we've talked about? No four. Uh, it it wasn't that bad until everybody got hurt in the playoffs. Right, but I mean, like it's relative to like you know we're talking about Shaq. We've 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 mentioned Jordan, LeBron, all these other guys. How does it compare? Like, well, is, is it one of the worst supporting casts for like an all time player like that? Probably it, it's up there. Um, it's it's down there, yeah, for sure. And, you know. I definitely think Sam Cassell in 04 is a pretty underrated player, but I just think like it's a steep drop off after that. You know, Spreewell was okay still. Spreewell was good. He was a lot older. Yeah, he was just a lot. He he wasn't the same Spreewell. Um, oh, but uh, he, so, he, yeah, was, he was pretty I, good I, defensively that year for sure. Yeah, he was pretty good. And to KG's credit, like those are two guys who like have kind of chucker reputations and like he. AG is one of the best at like kind of, I don't know, still still giving you a pretty workable system with guys like that, and you know, getting his own offense their... and, and still seeding all yeah. those shots to those other guys. Yeah, he he gives people their touches, and uh, that's probably what makes him such a great playmaker. Yeah. Um, well, except uh, um, I, I really hate to interrupt both of you, but um, I'm pretty sure yeah, that was the O four team that had an even better passing big than Garnett on the roster, correct? Yeah, they had Irvin Magic Johnson. No, no, right? no, no. Somewhat far better than <laughs> Irvin Tragic Johnson. 
Uh, Come on, you love them against I, Oliver Miller, man. They had Oliver Miller. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's, it's a heavy passer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the our big boys. We'll we'll probably mention them every episode from here on out. I I do I do love Oliver Miller's passing though. I think it's underrated. Um, I think we're good here on Garnett. Why don't we talk about the man who was often debated with Garnett? As the greatest power forward of all time. Can I talk about Dirk? Owen? Uh, Owen, you wanted to talk about Tim Duncan. Um, yes, I but think uh, a lot very... of what I want to talk about, I, I, opposite... yeah, I need to hear what you have to say about him, Ian. I, I, I got to know. Well, I want to hear what you have to say first, and then I'll 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 okay. I'll go into what I want Unlike I Garnett, Duncan does not have a whole lot of movement passing. His is very reactionary, similar to what I was talking about with Malone in 97 and 98. But his passing is just so smart. He just, like say one of his teammates is trying to cut around the basket, he'll just make a subtle movement to just kind of knock a defender and then pass it right to the, to the, to like a cutting Steven Jackson. It, his passing, it's deliberate, very deliberate, but also his reactions are just not what you really will notice as much on tape. Like you can see like a step to the right here or there that just creates enough room to make the pass. Just these really small things that, that look really simple, but they're not. It, it's, it's very, very, very calculated. I, I, I love watching him pass. And his shovel passes, since we're talking about that, amazing. I love it. I love watching Duncan pass. I know it may look stationary, but it, it, it's not as stationary as you would really believe. Mm-hmm. So... Not to mention, really good outlet where passing. I, yeah, it's good, good outlet passing. So, where I'm a bit... Where I'm a bit not sure about Duncan is it feels like a lot of the time his passing isn't creating anything. Now... It's the pass can be really good, but sometimes it feels like he's forcing passes to like people who aren't actually really that open, and it doesn't really end up leading. Well, to the anything. thing is, that a lot that of the passing he makes, it isn't it isn't you know creating something from scratch like we were talking about with Garnett. His passing, it, it's like it, it was part of like a passing system. So like Tony Parker drives along the perimeter, passes it to Duncan, who then has to make the pass. Over to Bruce Bowen, who then passes to like Robert Ory. It it it, it was a so part Duncan's of the system. A connective, yeah, it, it's, it's connective it, tissue passer. Yes. So you're calling Duncan a system player? Is that is that what you're you're and saying? Every player is system player right now. That's yeah, it might be true. Look, Tim um, Duncan was more skilled than I can't even remember. He he was like the most hyped prospect coming out. Uh. In the nineties, maybe. Well, Shaq. Into the NBA. Well, Shaq, but yeah, okay, Shaq, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shaq, Shaq. But yeah, after that, I mean, I don't remember. But even then, I don't remember anybody being as uh, like the thing about Duncan was he was so well rounded um, coming out. Like his fundamentals, he wasn't uh, you know as physically dominant as Shaq, but his details like were were money. So he didn't, you know, he. I don't know. He just didn't make any mistakes or anything like that. Like just because his passes aren't leading to layups doesn't mean that you can't leverage that, you know, reasonably, almost as effectively in the well, right system. I mean, system quite a stuff. few of them so, did, especially at, like I was talking about the shovel passes. Always 
perfect for the cutter and the, the fact that he's able to just move his thigh to prevent the defender from getting to the right spot you know like a, a few feet before the defender even gets there it, it's well and if we it. want to talk about balancing scoring i mean i think that's probably what tim duncan does better than any of these guys we've talked about maybe um yeah yeah except for kg but you know i mean he's mm -hmm. He, yeah, he, he definitely was playing within himself on offense, um, probably to a greater, you know, more conservative degree than even Carl Malone oh, yes. was. Yes, for sure. Um, but yep. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I'm not saying that his passing isn't bad. I, I think it, I think it is good. I think he makes good reads. He's, he's a very intelligent player just in general. Um, it's just not something that's overly notable to me. Um, and when I'm, when I'm kind of analyzing these passing bigs that we're, uh, you know, uh, talking about here, you know, I, I hold more stock in creating a ton of shots, um, for open teammates, you know, that's that's what makes a lot of these guys like you know Vlad okay, but, but Dibach, how are you saying that he's he's not creating so maybe his pass doesn't directly lead to like a scoring opportunity but it is still a part of something that leads to the scoring opportunity and well, you had to double him a whole lot yeah. you, had to, he, you had to double him and either a way lot. even and if his pass isn't what made it he is the key to why it happened and I think here's something else to consider. I haven't really put a lot of thought into this, but like teams did start reacting to doubles differently. Um, right around the time Duncan started hitting his peak and that may have been partially, you know, due to Shaq, but like things did get really, you know, ISO-y and, and post-centric if you had one of those guys around the time. So, um, you know, defenses, it seems like definitely got better about scheming for that. And so, I, I don't know. I think Tim Duncan just you know, did his, did what he could with what he had. And I think, yeah, it, it, it was part of, it was part of, you know, the, the, the Spurs were, I mean, their emotion offense. I, I think that was, that was the big thing. So we weren't really emotional. I might be being a little too hard. Uh, Duncan was doing uh, more self-creation at that point. Fair. I just meant down the road. I wasn't, I'm not just going off a of peak. Um, you know, obviously as you got older, there was, they felt more motiony to me. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I might be being a little too hard on him, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's, <sighs> Duncan or I, don't know. I, I think you can't, you can't let your perception of a, you know, of a player be that clouded by what they did, you know, in their older days, just is, I guess that's a recency bias thing, maybe. Uh, well, no, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using his, you know, when he's, you know, ancient as his okay. barometer for passing. Um, I'm just saying, like, I was talking about how I was being too hard on him, I feel, because it was part of a system, like a well-oiled machine. That team was a well-oiled machine. So I was probably being a little too hard on him is what I was trying to get at. By Think about that. this. Okay, uh, here's here's the probably the best point that I would say to that is, like, we're very, very high on business. Yeah, guy. I was waiting for this man. And he's an ultimate system guy. Yeah, oh, I'm telling you, Red Auerbach's system. It, it, yeah, that's it, it's a system. That's point. Like yeah, Bill like, Russell, when I, when I is it Red Auerbach's system? It's calculated. It is all within a reaction within the system that works perfectly, just like Bill Russell. That I mean, that's that brings value. You don't always have. To is be Bill Russell? Oh, man. 
I feel like Bill Russell is the system. I don't know. Um, he was not. No, man. It's way more than that. It's the spacing. It's where everybody's going. It's like Bill Russell initiated a lot of it, but, you know, or, or catalyzed it through his defense. But no, ev- there's ev- there was a, a spot for everybody. And they all knew where everybody else was supposed to be. It's not just, you know, four guys running around and Bill Russell making magic happen. Like those guys, they 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 knew where they were supposed to be, when they were supposed to be there, and and they knew where everybody else's jobs were too. Then a lot of the value that comes from like self-creation is through reacting to what the defense is is doing around you and that is something that i mean people within a system like tim duncan within this this well-oiled machine you still have to react to what the defense is throwing at you and the ability to do that while maintaining the system is that's pretty damn cool yeah yeah that's 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 all fair that's all fair points like i said i agree and i i I agree with you too ian i mean i see the point that like tim duncan is a relatively boring player in an all-time sense you know compared to the talent that he's discussed around i can see the point you know i can see also the finer details there that you know the same reasons you would you know someone would really be enamored with bill russell are a lot of the same reasons you would really like tim duncan so I totally get it. There's a there's a lot to like about him. Oh yeah, no, I I don't I don't disagree, and I actually, uh, I go I flip flop between is Duncan boring or not. Um, probably relative to the people he's talked about around him, he might be the most boring. But I don't think in like in a grand scheme of things, he's all that boring. It's it's kind of fun watching him. It's fun watching him play defense. I will say that he's so good defensively. Like his, <laughs> he does not jump at anything, man. So, um, yeah, I I'd say that he's probably not that. Duncan or Olajuwon, man, passing. Passing Duncan or Olajuwon. <laughs> this is easy. to you it might be to me it's not i i I don't know i don't know i'd have to think about it more i can't answer it i i think some man i don't know i feel like a lost one yeah i don't know i i think a lost one I don't know. Maybe See, here's the thing. Like, the they're very different passers because all the things that the reasons people say Elijah Wan is a bad passer are the things Duncan is really good at and in almost vice versa. That's yeah, that that that's fair. Um, yeah, that that's that's fair. I, I, you know, I think Duncan's probably a more intelligent passer. Um, Elijah Wan sometimes forces some really bad things um, and Olajuwon needs a very specific type of uh, build around him, I feel, to make his passing maximized almost. So um, I'd probably say it's Duncan. Yeah, the more I think about it, it's it's definitely Duncan. What about Duncan or uh, his former teammate, David Robinson? Uh, David Man, Robinson. I, 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 that's, I, that's, that's not me. Again. Yeah, no. That's still Duncan I, to me. No, I think that I think that Robinson's making far better reads, and I think he's making, um, 
he's making the more difficult passes, and I think it just leads to more opportunities. I, I that's just how I see it. Thing I, is, you know, Duncan I, I turns think a difficult is... passing opportunity in, into one that looks simple through just like I said, the subtle placement of of where he's moving his feet or where where he's moving his body, just something that will prep him to make the pass easier. It would be a much harder pass if he's if he's not actually reading it beforehand. That's that's fair. I I still lean Robinson though. I I, I like his passing a lot more than both of you. I guess. Oh, I, I think David Robinson is a very <laughs> um, good yeah, passer, man. but Duncan is he's just it's better and it, it fits far more into most offenses. Well, in the 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 types of passing that I thought David Robinson was really good at, like I said before, was like you know him facing up and attacking the basket and and making reads off of that, and he probably still does that maybe better than Duncan does, but I think Duncan's way closer to David Robinson at that than Elijah Wan was. And oh yeah, no yeah, I yeah yeah I don't know. I I think Robinson you was a another... really good passer at that one thing. And Robinson was also pretty good in transition. I was going to say, Robinson, the fact that he's able to do it in transition is is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have another one? Another. Give me me another comparison. Uh, Okay. Malone, how about that? Malone. Malone is Malone is probably the best passer out of all those we just. I probably prefer Malone there too. Yeah. Owen may yeah. not. Uh, this may be yeah, really different. I, I, I kind of to Duncan. Yeah, I I think I'll give it to Malone. I could watch more Duncan and then probably change my mind, but uh, good luck finding anything. Yeah, what, I know. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, <laughs> NBA? Scrubbing all yeah, the games what's going off on YouTube, making our jobs much harder. Yeah. Here. God, they took out 269 games of this one channel, and it's just like, man, come on. Um, so, talked about Malone, Shaq, Garnett, Duncan. Why don't we get into another one? And this guy is one of my favorite players to watch, one of my favorite players in general, uh, Pau Gasol. I thought you were um, the candy, man. What do you guys... No, no, not not yet, not yet. We'll we'll get to him in a second. Um, but uh, Pau Gasol um, is an amazing playmaker, an amazing passer. Um, I loved him with uh, Kobe in '09. They were uh, it was I was beautiful. '08, '09, '10. They were it was beautiful. Um, you know, Powell makes some really quick decisions. He's probably the most skilled passer we're talking about, we've talked about uh, thus far. Um, yeah, Garnett. You know, even when he was with... We'll see. Let me, let me, let me, we'll, we'll get there. Um, you know, just, just incredible touch on his passes. Just incredible feel. And he, it feels like he has eyes in the back of his head where he can just... He can sense somebody's cutting, and he can just throw a lob, and they're right there, and it's perfect. He he did that with Kobe a ton. Um, so I don't know what you guys think. Um, I I really love Pau Gasol. Chris, I don't have a whole lot of strong feelings about Pau. I agree with everything he said. I mean, I think he's very sound uh, passer. I agree with what you said about you know him having touch. Um, I think he's, and maybe the biggest difference between him and the other guys we talked about is that his scoring game is is maybe not quite 
where the other guys are, which isn't saying that he's, you know, he's, he's still a very good post score. Um, but the other guys we're talking about are just kind of all time level players. So, um, you know, that's probably just the biggest difference to me that he just, you know, if he had, if he had had that next level scoring game, he probably would have been able to leverage his passing even better. But, um, it's hard for me to figure where I put him, um, in an all time sense like that. I, I think I agree with Owen that, you know, my, my perception is still that KG is a better passer than him. Um, but I definitely concede that he's got more passing skill than the other guys that we've talked about in this episode. I would say a lot of his passing is very similar to Tim Duncan's, honestly, but it's just, it, it's a bit smoother, I guess you'd say. And also it, it does look better when you watch it, but, um, but maybe some of his passes are, are a bit harder, but I, it, it, where he's working from, how he's reacting within the system, it, it's similar to Duncan for me. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, that I'm not surprised. I mean, they're they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, but um, you know, I just uh, I always really enjoy watching Powell. I think he's one of the more underrated players of all time. Um, I think he he doesn't get talked about enough. Um, and I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really think he's, he might be in my top 10, uh, for passing bigs. Um, as of right now, I think he is. Um, and I don't really foresee that changing. Um, I just really like, uh, his ability to create these, these opportunities out of nothing. And I think his vision is just spot on. Well, I mean, he was training to be a doctor, so I'd hope he's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 is fair. Um, and we will probably in the next episode talk about his brother a little bit too, who's who's also a very Larry. good passer. Um, I guess it runs in the family. I guess it runs in the family. Um, so uh, obviously there's not a lot to talk about Pow here. Um, why don't why don't we move on to Marcus Camby? Uh, Owen just alluded to him. If you uh, did, you know that if you if you look into Marcus the mirror and say Camby man three times. He'll automatically shoot a mid-range jumper and miss it. <laughs> and miss it, yes. Yeah. Sixty-eight percent chance he misses it. Mark Marcus Camby is the only guy I've known where if he makes a shot, his form looks so beautiful. But if he misses, it looks like the worst thing in the freaking world. That's that's that the only way I can describe it. it. Yeah, he had a long delivery. Yep. Yeah. He he. <laughs> it took a while to wind up, but uh. Yeah, um, Marcus Camby. Okay, so I've watched a lot of Camby. It's something I wanted to talk about in terms of him. Um, I kind of brushed his passing under the rug to begin with. Um, in the beginning, when we were first you know, debating this topic, um, Owen brought him up multiple times because Owen's a Denver guy, so Owen wants you know the his nuggets to get some love. Dude, um, I had to live but, through uh, Camby. I don't really want to talk about him. Well, you're going to have to. You, but... Here's the thing, though. You also had the Nene era, so you while you had Camby, you also had Nene. So it's an even trade-off. Um, but uh, Camby, um, he loves working out on the perimeter, which is interesting because he is not drawing much attention out there, if at all. Um, he kind of just hangs out there and he waits for things to develop, and then he throws these like gorgeous lobs. And I was very impressed with it because I was like, I I was never expecting him to have that type of touch on his passes. Um, 
he works sometimes uh, down in the low post. Um, it's not very often, though. Um, it seems like if he is in the low post, he's lingering around hunting for one of those offensive rebounds. Um, I don't know what you guys have to say about Marcus Cam. It's not anything remarkable per se, but I just found it. I guess I found it fascinating. He had good I don't ball know. handling. So like he was able to actually dribble toward the basket to make some passes. Um, wasn't particularly fast though. His passes also weren't, I mean, they were accurate, but you know, when, when I'm, I'm talking about speed, he, the ball speed was just kind of, eh, so that would lead to turnovers. That's why he was so good with lob passes. A lot of his passes were just kind of, you know, pass it to the right spot, but not necessarily with the, a ton of skill. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely not, um, it's not like uh, flashy or anything. I've never seen him throw like a, a flashy pass, but it just seemed to me like his his, in terms of his like accuracy, it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to spend too he much time on him. He also kind of lacked him. the strength and uh, the post to kind of to back down and make space to make the right type of passes. Once again, kind of like Tim Duncan. So he, he would almost kind of like avoid contact down low. Uh, like a lot of his passages came from the mid-range or the, you know, um, yeah, perimeter. Well, the high post as well. And then just kind of work from there. Yep. Which definitely does have value uh, with, with a lot of cutters. But, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily really, like, creating a whole lot. Yeah. No, he he, he wasn't. Um, Chris, you got anything to say about no, I mean, Andy Man? No, I mean, just kind of, you know, a guy who kind of found way to add value where he could in the absence of his scoring game. So, I, don't know, I wouldn't <laughs> say he's easy. He's adding stuff yep. when he could. He's just adding stuff when he shouldn't a whole lot of the time. Okay, that's maybe fair. Maybe that's fair too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying yeah, to give you guys. Some no, I mean, credit, I mean, yeah. he's fun to watch, but he's just more annoying than anything else. Just a lot of the decisions he made. I don't know how fun he is to watch, just because it's like, I mean, if you watch the game where he's he happens to be to making a few of those long range shots, and even those often, I, I like but, watching man, his jump. Of the time, like, it's, 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 I like the form. But it's, it's really annoying okay, because it's you know it's not going to go in. Fair. It's always the wrong decision. Just wasn't yeah, <laughs> that has to be frustrating if that's your team. Um, have fourteen seconds on the shot clock. Can't he has the ball. He's going to take a mid ranger. I, I don't like it. <laughs> it's just it's, it's like clockwork, huh? It's brutal. Um, yeah, it, it is brutal, but it's also I found his offense to be kind of hilarious. Um, well, the thing is, he times. had the potential um, just to like, really utilize those offensive skills in the correct way. Just didn't. Oh, what do you think the yeah. difference between him and somebody like Anthony Mason is? Who probably did utilize. I mean, they're different. Okay, drastically different players in the sense that uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, the strength perspective yeah, there. Yeah, that's because... the thing. Mason was able to. To carve out space in the post and, and make passes from there, but also a better movement passer. Uh, I would say Camby is probably the better passer in transition, definitely the better outlet passer. But Mason, just with that strength, was able to do much more with it. Agreed. Agreed. Very much agreed. Um, last last one. I I want to move on from Marcus Camby. I don't want to I don't want to linger too much on him because I mean he already does enough lingering. Um, but uh. Brad Miller. I I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch a ton of Brad Miller or really like dive into his passing. So I don't know if one of you can take that. Um 
Owens watched Chris. far more Brad Miller than so I So when you have. were talking about um, Al Gasol and skill, I mean, this is Brad Miller right here. And his ability to create from yep. outside of the arc, inside of the arc, from the, the top of the key, high post, low post. I mean, he just, his passing was great. The only problem is his offense, his, his ability to score didn't really drag a whole lot of defense to him. So he had to do a lot of, you know, like the Arvita Sabonis, just pass from the, the perimeter. Um, he didn't quite have uh, a lot of those like overhead, just like darts that he would throw because he didn't have the height of Sabonis. But his bounce passes from the perimeter, fantastic. Great stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I in the limited footage I've seen of him, I've I've noticed the bounce passes. For I know, sure. not like he was passing through um, legs, passing through his yeah. own legs. Like he he was a crazy fucking player. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's what's funny is how the Kings in I think it was two thousand and four they had Weber, uh, Miller, and Vlade. Divac well, but all, this was also like you know, injured crazy. Weber, so he was he was quite a bit different, and it threw the whole offense off. He, it it did, um, and I think you know that's a topic for another time, um, where we talk about why injured players shouldn't, who have missed the entire season, shouldn't come back because it might not necessarily help the team, even if they're their best player or one of their yeah their best player. So yeah, uh, definitely a definitely a topic for the future. But uh, do you guys have any um, honorable mentions you wanted to shout out before we wrap up tonight? Brand. Elton Brand, yeah. Okay. Carl Malone, yep. 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 Um, I think that's my biggest, yeah, my biggest comp for Elton Brand, and people don't give him nearly enough credit for this, but they, they don't give Carl Malone enough credit either. But, um, Elton Brand was really, really good at passing out of yeah. double teams. He had really nice touch. Um, I think Ian from from some of the games you watched, he posted clips of uh, you know, nice two man stuff between Elton Brand and uh, Chris Kamen. Um, you know, yeah. from, from the post yeah. and then even, even high entry or a uh, high post entry stuff, um, the other way. So yeah, I, Elton Brand is very underrated. Oh, and in all time since Elton Brand is incredibly underrated and I do agree with this, with this passing, it is very underrated as well. I don't feel like it gets enough credit. Um, he does know like when to pass and when to shoot. I feel very, I think he balances that very well. Um. And I know Owen yeah. loves Elton Brand. Uh, do you have anything you want to? Oh no, Chris uh, really touched on. Else I mean, to add there. Yeah. Great uh, reacting uh, uh, to double teams, um, and also just the fact that when he finally got a point guard who could get him the ball in his right spots, he was able to create more from that. And I think that speaks probably, you know, all this to how underrated his scoring game probably yes. even was at his peak. Like, you know, I mean, the fact that, you, I mean, no, you had to double him. Like it was, you know, maybe if you had Tim Duncan, you didn't have to, but um, you know, most teams are, you're going to have to send some help yeah. for Elton because he was, he was a you little double him very similar to Malone in that he could he... hit from the mid range or he could just drive right by you and, and mm -hmm. he, he has a strength to finish. Deceptively quick as, first as someone, step. Yeah. As someone in uh Discord once said, you could just get the ball down low to get the ball down low to old school Chevy and let him go to work. So that's that's what he was he yeah. was he was a bull. Okay, I, I have there, two so. players. Um if he counts Antoine Walker and obviously Lamar Odom. Yeah, Lamar Odom, I was I was I I feel like we would have talked about if we had a more clear definition if we think he was a big or not. You definitely um, think he so is. That, 
well then i we should have talked maybe we'll touch on him in the next episode because if we if we think he's a big then i'm just hesitant what is I, definitely I, somebody I, who's I still don't know the perimeter a whole lot he's he, like he would just drive to the basket at really good rim pressure so driving to the basket and then just passing out he's, he's one of the best at that uh, out in terms of the bigs that we've been talking about maybe the best for sure and i think underrated post pass oh, yes, you probably Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, we can probably talk about Odom in the next episode um, where we talk about some of the more what about 2010s Twan? players. Um, I mean, he's big. <laughs> um, and, and, and Chris, Chris did mention yeah. Antoine Walker um, in the last episode, um, a couple episodes ago, last episode of this uh, series. But uh I feel like Antoine Walker probably doesn't get enough credit for his passing in terms of the fact that like people just know him for chucking up a bunch of threes um, and somehow still having like negative efficiency. Um, but his passing, he's got great touch on his passing. I, I have a pass of him uh, in the 2000 and uh, want to say it was. Uh, what what was it? 2002. Yes, I think it was. I think it was. Um, yeah, probably. I can't, I can't remember the exact. Um, where it was just like a dimer to Michael Finley in the corner, and Finley was Finley was oh, open. Finley did not do four. And in classic two thousand. I was gonna say it couldn't be O two to Finley. Yeah. Okay. It was O four then. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. This was okay. This was O four. This is when they had that crazy yep. offense. Um, and he threw that into the corner. Um. Finley, if I feel like if Finley was playing in this era, that would have just been a a quick uh, shot from the corner from for three. But uh, Finley in the classic 2004's pilled uh, basketball uh, took a couple dribbles in, pump faked, took an incredibly difficult mid range jumper, and somehow made it. Um, So uh, I definitely like Twan's passing, though. I think it's I think it's I think it's underrated good on the creation like he 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 set a lot of that stuff up himself he was not uh taking what the defense gave him necessarily he was he was gonna go make the play i agreed very much agreed um i'm trying to think Uh, if there's any other honorable mentions i want to mention i I was not not to the level of these guys but still good passer uh i was also going to mention Bo outlaw yeah Bo outlaw that's what i was going to say um Bo Outlaw, Owen and I uh we talked a little bit last night about Bo Outlaw, I believe. Um you know, um he had the capability to uh pass out of doubles. He he had good vision, he was he was able to make a lot of good reads. Um he got doubles. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, that's just bad coaching. In, in some of the games I was watching, he was getting doubled, which I think is just very stupid. Um He's got to have the worst you know, offensive game of anybody we've talked about today, far, right? He's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 terrible offensively, and I. But I do think his passing is uh, it works very well. Um, you know, he's an energy can, guy. You know, yeah, for sure. And I think Out, I think Outlaw is a great player. Um, but uh, yeah, he. It's basically the only thing you can talk about is he makes uh, is some good reads. Um, besides that, everything else with his offensive game uh, leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> so I don't want to linger too long um, on him. But uh, any others that you guys wanted to mention for honorable mm-hmm. mentions? Probably guys that we're just going to talk about in the next episode. So 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Carlos Boozer. Well, that, that works. Um, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Boozer had some nice touch on his passes as well. Um, I guess we could probably... We might need to spend... What, I guess we didn't talk about Andre Kirilenko, um, but uh, I'd probably throw him in the honorable mentions as well. Uh, if you guys think he's a big, which I, I mean, he's way more, he's a lot fringier yeah, to yeah, me than Lamar. We talk about Kirilenko then again. Like more of a big I'm than... talking about Bird. I'm talking about Magic. That's right. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, LeBron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's the next episode. So, um, in the next, ep- yeah. So in the next episode, we will. Uh, you know, dive in more into the 2010s era um, of passing bigs. And I actually think I'm going to, I I think that that uh, whole era for centers is pretty underrated because there was just such a, um, you know, based on today, you know, we have Jokic and Embiid and Gobert and Towns, all those like top tier center types. And, you know, in, in the 2010s, it was, there was a lot to be desired in terms of that. But, um, I do think they're underrated and I think that they're all, most of them are really good passers. Um, specifically one that I, I'm really going to um, watch more of before we uh, jump into the next episode. So, well, thank you for joining me again. Um, as always, I'm had fun breaking these guys down with you. Um, happy uh, NFL Sunday. Um, so, uh, you know, make sure your fantasy lineups are yeah, celebrate football Sunday by going and watching some basketball. Yep, I'm about to turn on Eurobasket. So, um, until next time, uh, we will see you guys. Peace. Peace.